Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Becoming CEO AF podcast. I'm your host, Kemba Garcia. And I am your co-host, Amanda Bell. And today, you guys, we have one of my personal mentors in my real estate journey, but also now my life journey along the way, Mr. Rob Keeney. Hello, Rob. Thank you for being here with us. Hi, everybody. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Of course. I'm excited to get to know you on this podcast because you and Amanda, it sounds like y'all have known each other since the dinosaur ages. But this is our <laughs> yeah. first time meeting, Rob. So I'm excited to get to know more about you and your story. Like, no, that's right. You know, I, I feel like I know a lot about you. You know, I think we're Facebook friends, and uh, you know, followed your your journey and in all that you've been doing for the last you know handful of years. But uh, of course, you know, when you really engaged with Amanda a couple of years ago, and yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, it's great to finally get to meet. You know, so but, uh, yeah. I'm excited. So Rob Keeney, actually, you guys, was my mentor when I first dove into real estate. I jumped on a team over in Flower Mound, Texas, and it was the number one team in Texas to be on. And I, it was such an honor to be there. Rob, actually, I got introduced to Rob through my cousin, Sedonica. My cousin, Sedonica, was already selling real estate. And I asked her, I said, sister, what do I need to do to be successful in real estate? Because I don't have an option to fail. Like, my bills are not stopping. Do you hear me? <laughs> And she said, Amanda, I would love, I would love nothing more than for you to come over here with me where I'm at. I've actually started a team, but the truth is, is if I had it my way, I would have started out on the Russell Rhodes team in Fire Mound, Texas. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So how do I get in there? Well, for those of you that don't know, real estate is not like your average, uh, your average apply and interview job position. You don't go apply for the job and and pray they take you uh, in real estate. In real estate, it's quite the opposite. You as the agent choose where you want to go hang your license. So you go to Keller Williams, you go to Caldwell Banker, you go to all these different brokers and you say, you know what, out of all of you guys, I'm choosing you. So it's almost like you're the business owner in that instance, right? Well, not with the Rhodes team. With the Rhodes team, they have a three to five step interview process and it's a little bit intense because they care about the team and, and the people that are gonna be taking care of their people. So when I found that out, Sedonica was like, Amanda, I actually know somebody who's super cool. I've worked with him in a couple transactions. His name is Rob Keeney. And I'm going to see if I can get you guys a lunch together and maybe he can get your foot in the door at the Rhodes team. So I'm pumped. I am pumped. I'm like, all right, lunch with Rob Keeney. I'll be there. You tell me when and where and I am there. So Rob met me at a, a place called the Black Walnut Cafe in Flower Mound. And we sat down. We ate a salad together, which was a lot of fun because I'm more of like, a pastry kind of gal but he ordered a salad so I followed suit <laughs> I didn't know if that was part of the interview process or not um, and so when I sat down with Rob Rob literally walked me through what the interview process was going to be like at the Rhodes team and how I could really put my best foot forward to ensure that I got the position at the team so I had the training and the experience and all the things that came with being a part of that amazing team at the time so I long story short I got in with the team and then I got handed off to Rob to train so the team's like man if we're gonna take Amanda Melendez at the time if we're gonna take Amanda Melendez in on this team Rob you're training this one she's wild you know what I mean and Rob did it with a smile on his face and today I look back at some of the questions that I had asked you Rob and I'm like I don't even know how you kept such a open 
heart and mind to some of the things that I was saying because I found myself in my journey when sometimes when the questions would come up, I'd be like, well, that's kind of silly, you know, how you, you know, I went through this phase where I'm like, why would you ask that? That makes zero sense. And then I look back and I'm like, Amanda, every question you called Rob at in the middle of the night and asked those questions to him, he literally walked you through it like it wasn't silly. It wasn't until another agent made me feel silly asking the question that I was like, okay, Rob is my people and I appreciate him so much for dealing with me. So much. So you actually, when you originally got started, you didn't just go straight to the Rhodes team. You were, because long story short, you guys, I we come to find out Rob has a son that is a couple years younger than I am. And I went to high school in little bitty Millsap, Texas with Rob's oldest son. Um, and so we didn't figure that out until after I was already on the Rhodes team and Rob was mentoring me. So all the way across our journey, my journey through life, it's like Rob's been right there. And so when we finally made the contact that we did I knew that it was divine and it was everything it was supposed to be because you played such a crucial role in not only my career but my life like my boys remember who Rob Keeney is Chris was joking with us in the Dominican this week because I'm like yes Rob's coming on the podcast and Chris is like Rob Keeney I'm like a hundred percent Rob Keeney a hundred percent so but before the Rhodes team Rob your journey is probably one of my more favorite journeys to have heard more about so you originally started out in the uh not rental but apartment space is that right yeah that's right that's right you know um i got into real estate in 2008 uh, really just as an independent uh, prior to that i worked all sorts of jobs industrial jobs and warehouses uh, chemical manufacturing plant um you know my, my bachelor's degree in chemistry and um, just explored some different options. And, and, you know, I think a big turning point for me that led me to real estate was I went, I got my master's degree at SMU and they do theirs. They help you identify your, your, uh, not just your strengths and weaknesses, but also your passions. And, you know, quickly I learned my passion was simply helping people, you know, and, and I've known that I, I love to help people. Um, you know, and, and you know, they, then they would tell us, you know, if you want to be successful in life, you know, find what you're passionate about and then find a way to make a living doing it and you'll be successful. And so honestly, I sat there for you know, it's a two year program. I sat there until the last semester thinking, OK, how do I make a living, you know, helping people? You know, because at that time I was already in my 30s and I had two kids and, uh, you know, you know, trying to you know, explore what my options were and, you uh, in the last semester, I took some real estate finance courses and I thought, you know what, you know, I bought a home before. That was a really special experience, you know, special time in my life. That's pretty cool. It'd be, it'd be nice to help people buy homes, you know. And so um, graduated from there in 2005, you know, and, and my 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 wife at the time, uh, my ex-wife, she, uh, you know, wasn't ready for me to go into 100% commission sales, you know, right after leaving SMU. And so... I went and got a, a, a corporate job, which was nice because I did get, you know, it's ahead of marketing and I got to work with some really, really great salespeople in a relationship based sales model and uh, learned so much from those guys. But then uh, uh, in 2008, we, uh, she and I, you know, our divorce was finalized and, and uh, my company actually downsized. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people did in 2008 and, um, 
just I started exploring my options. And, and a guy, there was a guy in my church who was doing really well in the real estate. And that's all I knew. And I said, okay, you're, you're doing well. Tell me about what you do. And he was doing apartment locating. Um, and he's like, you know, he just said, hey, if you want to come work with me, I'll take you under my wing, teach you everything I know. And I said, okay, cool. And uh, his name was Grant Bynum. And, uh, you know, he took me in and, and I worked with him for about six months and uh, did very well. You can make a very good income, uh, six digits, you know, doing apartment locating if you know how to do it correctly. Uh, but, you know, and so I was in there, I was making money to support myself and pay my bills and my kids, but, but it wasn't my passion, you know, to, was to help people buy homes. And so I really wanted to get, um, you know, more into that. Now, <clears throat> just a little Excuse me. As a reference, the uh, the licensing for apartment locating is the same as real estate. Uh, you have to have a real estate salesperson's license to do apartment locating. So I had the license, um, and uh, after about six months with him, I branched out of my own. I started. I formed an LLC. Uh, I hired a broker to sponsor my company, so that I, you know, because I wasn't a broker yet. Eventually, I became a broker, and you know, and just sponsored my own company. But. Uh, you know, interestingly, in 2008, also at the time of that divorce, uh, you know, I was awarded the marital residence with the order to sell, to sell it. And so uh, I did not have my license at the time. And of course, I had no experience either. So um, Russell Rhodes was my listing agent. Uh, he's, you know, he's dominant in Flower Mound area. And my, my house was in Flower Mound. And uh you know, called him out to my house and we, you know, we just had a really great connection. And, and I learned, I learned so much just from him pitching to me. Um, you know, it did so much about relationships and uh, authenticity. And, uh, you know, so he, we stood there in my kitchen and talked for about two hours. And I think we spent maybe 10 minutes of that talking about, you know, selling the house, but uh, we just made a great connection. We talked about, you know, things going on with you know, his wife and what was going on in my life. And, you know, and, and, you know, he, I told him I was studying real estate at the time and, uh, you know, and he was glad to give me tips at the time. The Rose team did not accept, uh, new licensees. You know, they wanted at least two years experience before they would hire you. And that has since changed, but, but, you know, cause they have excellent training, you know, in place, but, but, uh, yeah, so Russell was kind enough to still take me under his wing a little bit. We would meet for lunch or coffee um once or twice a year and he you know he would just let me pick his brain he'd give me some guidance you know and so 2009 i think i sold my first home um you know was working on you know just working to build a business build a business you know doing the apartments to help pay the bills you know but focusing on growing my my house business you know my home sales business you know that was my passion and so then am i going too long you know you tell me you know no crushing it rob keep going all right. The, uh, uh, so, you know, so I wanted to sell more homes again. That's my passion was to help people buy homes. And so I was trying, you know, and again, now I, I was not a part of Keller Williams or any of the, you know, uh, Cobo bankers or, or any of those big, you know, the big name brokerages. I was an independent. I had my own broker's license. I had my own LLC. At one point I had 13 agents working under me doing the apartment business. That's what they wanted to do. And I had some good systems and processes in place for them, but, but uh, my personal goal was to build my home, my home sale business. And I was, it was, you know, it, it was hard. I, I, you know, didn't really have a great understanding of what to, you know, how to do all of that. And, um, 
I think, you know, I had a decent year. I think once on my own, I sold like 12 homes, you know, which, which is for an independent agent, pretty good. Yeah, nothing like what, <laughs> nothing like what Amanda Bell sells, but <laughs> from your guidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, finally, I think it was like 2014, 2015, I started speaking with Russell Moore just about, you know, I told him point blank, I said, look, I want to learn from you. I would love to come work in your office, but I don't want to just be a taker. I want to give back. So, you know, what, what can we do? And he's like, you know, he said, you know, if you want to be a buyer's agent, you could come on, you know? And so I went through that same interview process that Amanda described. Yeah. It was a lot of steps. It's the only real estate place I've seen in Dallas Fort Worth that, you know, you don't just get to pick them. You know, they, they put you through testing and, and, and in my time there, I saw them decline several experienced real estate agents, you know, but, uh, you know, and so, you know, so then I, went, you know, so I joined this team in May of 2015 and I uh, was there for two and a half years and uh, I want to come back to it in a moment. But, you know, what, what ended up happening, bringing me into the mortgage today uh, was, you know, two and a half years into it, I got to the point where I was selling about 40 homes a year um, and I was just always going. You know, I was, you know, nights, weekends, you know, and I'm a, I'm a divorced dad. And so I had my kids on, you know, every other weekend and, you know, constantly had to drop them off at my parents' house. And just when you're selling 40 homes, Amanda, you know, can attest, you know, it's it's a lot of a lot of mental commitment as well as time commitment. And uh, so even in the times when I was, uh, uh, you know, with my kids at dinner, I wasn't mentally there. And my kids, I think, ultimately are one of my, the biggest, you know, most important thing to me, you know, and you know, I heard my, my pastor once said, don't sacrifice your children on the altar of the almighty dollar. You know, and I, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, like, and I, and I felt like I will, always, you know, I'm always going to be successful. I'll find a way to be successful, but you know, maybe I don't need to make millions per year. If that's going to make me lose relationship with my kids. And so, you know, at the end of those two and a half years, I realized, you know, my, my second son had gone from eighth grade to 11th grade. And I uh, kind of missed it. And, you know, the next thing I knew, he's going to be graduating and leaving home. And, you know, that little, that little girl, it's, you know, she's now 10, but, you know, she was growing up on me. And so I just really wanted to to uh, find a way to, uh, you know, have more time with my kids, to, you know, to free up my schedule. That was just something that was personally important to me. And, but at the same time, I still want to help people buy homes. And so that's where mortgage comes in. And, and it's, it's, it's been fantastic. I love I love the mortgage side. I love both sides. I was just telling a customer this morning that I uh, I miss walking through homes with people because I love getting you know I miss I miss getting out and getting in front of people, talking to the people, getting to know them and their families and their kids, and walking through all these really you know such a variety of homes. Yeah, you know, great homes. You got little homes. You know, big homes, little homes, all that. You know, new, old, and just you know I like homes, and so. Uh, you know, I do miss that, you know, but you know, mortgage allows me to, to still help people, uh, buy their homes. Um, now sure, you know, from an income standpoint, I don't make as much per transaction, but you know, from a capacity standpoint, I can do a lot more, um, I, I would say a lot more, um, volume. yeah, a lot more volume, several more transactions per month. Thank you. You know, and so, I mean, it's, I think in mortgage, my best year of income was four times my best year in real estate. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and so that's, you know, so the financials have been rewarding, but it's also been 
very rewarding for me too. A little more control over my schedule. Yeah, I'm still busy. You know, even on nights and weekends, I still work some. But at least I have the option of doing that at home. You know, with my daughter sitting next to me, or or you know, uh, you know, a little more flexibility. You know, so that's kind of what led me into mortgage. And it, it's it was it was I had a. And, and there's been several realtors who tried to dabble in a mortgage that you know weren't able to make it successful. And I think you know one of the one of the benefits I had was just a lot of experience having worked with you know the Rhodes team selling a lot of homes. And I'm a studier. You know, I mentioned my background, my chemistry degree, and you know I'm, I like to study. I like to know how every little thing works. And uh, you know, I really got into uh, uh, you know even my loan officer that I used when I was a realtor. I would pick their brain. Well, you know, what's the challenge on this loan? Why is that a problem? What's the guidelines? How can the guidelines say that, you know, uh, you know, and all that stuff. So I learned a lot just in my, you know, roughly 10 years selling, you know, in real estate, I learned a lot, um, you know, but, uh, you know, so then I got my license in mortgage and jumped in and, and uh, it's, it's been great. It's been, it's been really fun. You know, it's, uh, you know, helping people buy their homes, you know, the finance is a big part of it, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, going back, Amanda, to kind of what you said and, and, you know, I think the connection you and I made back then was, you know, similar to what, you know, a lot of our peers on the road team, Russell Rhodes himself, you know, the, the, the thing that we all kind of hold value, you know, are things like integrity and authenticity. And ultimately, it's a general concern for the customer, you know, and I think, I think, you know, the biggest thing is understand that, you know, always put the customer first, even if it costs me money now, um, you know, because if I always put the customer first, if I always take care of my customers, my money will come, my income will come, you know, they'll, you know, they'll come back to me if I, you know, they, you know, I've written checks to customers that were a mistake that was made, you know, and, and uh, you know, but they come back and, you know, I make that money back tenfold, but, you know, it's, uh, I think one of the, the, the key things you know, is just understand, keeping always keeping in mind that people do business with people that they know, trust, and like. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, and, and so I think, you know, it, 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 it you have to be authentic. You know, people. I think people can just generally sense when we're being salesy. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that. Yes, you know. Yeah, and so. And you I never think, did sound salesy, even when I'd listen to you. Like when you'd talk with your clients, and because Rob would let me shadow him on everything, every time, every place. He actually would make me wake up in the mornings, and I was so grateful for this. He'd make me get up in the mornings and go to his appointments with him, whether it was an open house or it was a buyer consult or a listing appointment, or he was just making dials in the office. Rob would say, "Amanda, I'm going to be at the office at at eight thirty at nine a." Are you coming? And Rob even got to the point where he was like, Amanda, I'm going to start working out at this time. Do you want to come? And I'm talking, I'm coming from Fort Worth. I'm coming from Saginaw. You know what I mean? Like I'm not coming from around the block. I was driving 45 minutes to an hour and a half one way, depending on the hour. And so for Rob to include me in on those things, it just made the world of a difference for me at the time. But Rob, you were always so authentic and kind and genuine with every single one of your clients. But something that you did that stood out to me that I don't think I would have been great at without your guidance was the fact that you were able to foresee things before they would come up and you would address that at the beginning. So the, the way that you would set the stage with the client from from 
it, but it wasn't the same because we all know like not one home or client is like another. So you were really great at being able to identify who you were working with before within a couple seconds on the phone. You know what I mean? And then you would address the concerns that you already knew they had with that they didn't even know they had yet. You would address those and getting to hear the way that you would walk through that for me Maybe that's your chemistry background. I don't know. But maybe that's that whole pieces to the puzzle that you really enjoy navigating through. But for me, it was really neat to get to hear what you would pick up on and then how you would make the placement of how to get the client from point A to their destination that they wanted to see, which is ultimately buying or selling their new home. Um, and for me, that's always been, and I heard you do it the other day with, we have another uh, mutual, well, a couple mutual clients right now that Rob and I are working on together. But one in particular who's a first-time home buyer, and he, I was listening to Rob on the phone with him, my three-wayed Rob, because I told the client, I'm like, Mr. So-and-so, one moment, we're actually going to call Rob and get his opinion, and I got Rob on the phone, and just listening to you do it all over again, I'm like, oh, I love your whole soul. So what do you think it is between point A, because I think this is a big thing, because you know our, our clients that are listening to this podcast today or even maybe on YouTube today, they're all business owners in all the different areas. And the number one thing that we have to get through is securing a client before we can even think about paying our electric bill or our mortgage or even a rent, right? So what do you think it was for you that that helped you to secure the clients and apartment relocating and then moving over to the roads team, but then moving into the mortgage side, Rob, what do you think separated you from the rest that helped see you successful? Because agents don't step in and sell 12 homes their first year. That just doesn't happen. Well, well thank you. You're always very kind, Amanda. And yeah, you're... I'm like, I did it. For instance, Rob helped me a ton in my first my first year. I got licensed in like June or somewhere around there. And I closed nine homes, nine families. I put nine families into homes my first um, year in real estate. And that is solely because of the support from the team and Mr. Rob Keeney. <laughs> so like, how did you do it? Well, you know, a couple of things there. I think all, you know, one thing I just... I've just learned over time. I think it's mostly just listening to customers give their feedback. You know, a lot of people in sales just don't do a good job of listening. You know, I, I've had so many customers tell me, you know, I talked to this other realtor, but he just didn't listen to what I wanted. He didn't listen to me. You know, and I think a lot of us, you know, it, it's it's just a, it's a matter of just slowing down for a minute and listening to what they're saying and really thinking about it, you know, because yeah, not all customers want that same, you know, what we consider to be a beautiful, gorgeous home. Not every customer thinks that same house is their dream home. And so, you know, we got to get into their, you know, walk in their shoes a little bit and and understand really what's important to them. Um, you know, and so listening is, is critical. And I think that also helps build that trust, you know, that people know, you know, know, like, and trust. Um you know, it helps definitely build the trust and it'll help to get them to like you too. Um, you know, it, 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 it blows my mind, uh, you know, and I've seen it in so many different fields, mortgage and real estate and other fields before that, you know, just how much people just don't listen, you know, and, uh, or, you know, don't follow through with what they say they're going to do. But, you know, so I think really listening to them and, and reassuring them that I understand their goal you know, because their goal doesn't have to be my goal. You know, my goal is to help them buy their dream home. And so, you know, I got to know what their goal is to make it my goal. 
And and I think next, you know, is probably one thing I think has been very helpful for me is just the the uh, skill of critical thinking. You know, and, and it's uh, there's a book out there called Strength Finders. It's 2.0. Whenever I went through it, I don't know what they're up to now, but Strength Finders 2.0. You know, you identify your top five strengths, and it's it's interesting though. It's, it's funny. Is you know our strengths, our top strengths can also become our you know our top weaknesses. Now you know, you ask you know a lady I'm in a relationship with, my critical thinking is a pain in her rear end. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I partially but, love it, but we're not in that kind of relationship. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the critical thinking helped me a lot in in, in business, but you know, not so much in relationships. I got to know when to when to tone, tone it down a little bit, but. Uh, no, you know, and I think, the, but the critical thinking though is, is really just paying really strong attention to the details of what they're saying and not forgetting them. You know, because yeah, you know, somebody sends you an email describing what they want. If you just overlook one little adjective, that could change the whole the whole picture. You know, and, and so just really paying attention, listening, critical thinking, and I think the critical thinking that also helps me to then to try to get ahead of the game, you know, and okay, what could go wrong? You know, I do all the what ifs, you know, you do. what if this happens, what if, that what if that happens, you know, and then what am I going to do? You know, how could we navigate these so that, you know, you, you're always best prepared if you plan, a, you know, if you're thinking ahead and plan ahead instead of just, you know, going through it and letting things happen. But, uh, and I think too, uh, Amanda, one of the things that's really, was really helpful for me to, to, to uh, you know, grow in my business and in my career was just learning to articulate. You know, articulate, learning to really communicate effectively on uh, you know my points because you know I think we all have a tendency. It's, it's weird. I, I think we all have a tendency to think people know what we know. You know, or you know, so you know, and or. Um, you know, I think we underestimate our, the value of our knowledge, you know, and how unique our knowledge can be, you know, and, and you know, you may you may work with a new client and think they know what they're doing, but, you know, or, or they, sometimes they come across like they do, but, you know, getting, you know, keeping in mind that, you know, what my value is and being able to articulate that's important. I think what I, what I saw a lot in real estate and I see it now in mortgage too, and I see it with title companies, even though I've never worked on that side of it. You know, that people think a realtor is a realtor is a realtor. You know, they can go to Amanda, they can go to Rob, they can go to, uh, you know, Sedonica, they can go to, you know, anybody. And, you know, they're going to have a realtor. Well, and that's not at all the case. You know, there are things that Amanda Bell does that no other realtor even thinks to do. And it, and it puts her clients in the best position to, to be successful. You know, whether that's, you know, price or condition of the home. But, uh, you know, and as a mortgage lender, you know, I'll tell you that, you know, a lot of, I get a lot of customers that come to me and so-and-so decline their, decline their mortgage. And, you know, I always, I always dread that for people because I feel like a lot of people applying for a mortgage is a, is a very vulnerable position for people just because, you know, I'm getting to pull their credit report. I mean, I'm seeing not only their score, but I'm seeing their payment history on every account. And, uh, you know, any court records, any, you know, things like that. And uh, a lot of people, I think they get very discouraged if a lender declines them. 
you know, and again, they kind of feel like, oh, well, you know, John Doe declined me. I must not be able to get a mortgage. You know, no, that's, that's kind of, you know, going back to my passion of helping people, I think those are, the, those are you know, some of the cases I get most excited about is when they come to me and say that John Doe declined them. I'm like, all right, well, let me take a look. <laughs> that's my all-time favorite, though, Rob, is whenever it's almost, and I hate to even, like, manifest that into the world, but... I'm like, because you already know me, I would love to just be able to help everybody. But it is in that instance when the client feels so, and I hate that they had to get all the way to this point, but the truth is, is I love feeling like the superhero at the end of the day, because I don't always know if we can get them there. That's the gosh honest truth. But like, like if you will lock arms with Rob and I, or Kimba and I, or it could, because we do the same thing in business. So sometimes when the business owners come to us and they're in the stickiest of situations, that homeowner comes to us and they've been declined three times, but the seller are still holding on to their file and I'm like what are we gonna do like getting creative in that moment and really just trying to have as much fun through all of that Mm -hmm. all of Mm -hmm. that as possible because you and I are really great and Kim but all of us are really great at being able to keep the energy super high with them but still meeting them with the compassion and the love that they need in the moment of how painful that truly is Rob, one of the things that you used to say that really hit home with me was it's not a no, it just might, it might not be right now. It's never right. a no, it just might not be right now. But if it's, if, if it's not right now, you never left them hanging. You always left them with the next steps of what they could do and what that timeline could look like to see their dream, their American dream, if you will, of, of homeownership come to fruition. But for me, for you, I think, and, and Kimba and I, we have a lot of fun with those clients who are like, it's all falling apart, right? It feels like everything's falling yeah. apart. We throw the file to Rob. We call him in a panic. Rob literally had an appraisal. For anybody in real estate out there, you guys know appraisals can take weeks upon weeks upon weeks and delay our closing uh, to come in. Rob literally had an appraisal. We had a five-day option period. He had the appraisal back to me in two days because we went wow. above on the price. So if we needed to, we could because we waived our appraisal uh, contingency, meaning if that appraisal if the home's value didn't meet the contract value, the buyer had to pay out of pocket the difference. And we went up significantly higher with both Rob and my recommendation because Rob banked on getting that appraisal report back in before our five-day option period was up and he saw it through to fruition and we met value we met value so that's beautiful i know i'm like any agent out there that needs that in the dfw metroplex rob keeney is your go-to rob keeney's the man but rob before we because we're starting to wrap this thing up we like to keep it in that drive time hours um before we wrap up today i wanted to just if you'll just how did you, and this is so far off of real estate, how did you go from chemistry to selling homes, dude? Like, what made those two compatible? <laughs> well, I'll, I'm going to try to keep it really short in the interest of time. Let's see. I became a father at 20. Um, I, well, let me back up. Before that, I was really good at math and science in high school. My chemistry teacher is the one. I was the first person in my family to go to college and get a degree. Um yeah, my chemistry teacher had a lot to do with that, and she pushed me and encouraged me. Um, you know, so I, I just majored in chemistry when I was 18 years old. But I became a father at 20 to the son that you ultimately went to high school with. Um, you know, but uh, I was in and out of college several times. You know, and in the meantime, I had a kid, and you know, and uh, that's why I started working in warehouses. You know, and 
then, you know, but I'd feel burned out after a few years. I'd go back to school. I've been out of school two or three times. Finally, at 26, I went back and I finished. And I just stuck with chemistry because I've have, you know, I've built up so many credit hours. I stuck with it. I like the challenge. I, you know, intellectually, I like to be challenged. Chemistry is a pretty challenging field. Um, you know, so I graduated. Well, I'm not a lab type person, you know, this is not my personality type, but you know, I ended up getting a job in a chemical plant, which kind of combined my chemistry degree with my industrial experience from the, the warehousing, you know, so that was kind of neat. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately I got into management, I was promoted and, and such in the chemical plant. And that's when I, you know, wanted to go to the next level. Uh, at one point I was considering a PhD in either genetics or biochemistry to do medical research, but you know, at 33, I think that, you know, I figured out that, that ship had sailed. And so I went into, I went and got an MBA, a master's in business. It's just a general business degree. And that's kind of what opened me up to marketing and sales. And, you know, um, you know, th there's operations and there's sales. And I'd always been on the operations side and I wanted to see if I could make it in marketing or sales. And so, you know, I went that way and I just thought it's really what my passion is. I love it. And, and it, you know, getting to help people and working with people. And, uh, you know, so that's, I think that's about as short as I can make that story. You said something at the beginning of the podcast, Rob, that I want to bring back around to the end. Because as I'm sitting here listening to you guys chat it up, I'm like, I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from your story, you've said these words a few times, and you've said relationships and authenticity. You actually said that when you first started off, that you started off in sales, not that you first started off in life, but when you did that transition from operations to sales, that the company that you worked for had relationship-based sales, right? It was relationship-based sales. Now, what I do, Rob, is I own a roofing, solar, and restoration company, so we do some digital marketing. We do a lot of door-to-door -door sales, but one of the things that I'm constantly trying to get my team better at is relationship-based sales, not having one transaction, but having a customer for life that wants to continue to send you their friends and family because they do like you said know love and trust you so much what in closing rob is your is your takeaway for our listeners right now that know that in today's market because amanda and i were talking about i think yesterday sister we were chatting about how in today's market you have to slow down to build that relationship because the economy has changed and consumers have changed and there's a little bit more fear out there and moving money around right now in the market that we're currently in so we almost have to slow down and build that rapport in in my world it used to be really easy to just get an insurance check sign a roof contract and we're on to the next one but the market has changed over the last few years and i'm really trying personally to even engulf this into my own team not just my team inside of rkg and roofing sales but also our clients inside of ceof that will be listening to this podcast so i'm curious if you were to leave them with one takeaway on the way that you've worded no love and trust, authenticity and relationship-based sales, Rob, what is the biggest thing that they could start executing on today to change themselves from that transactional salesperson to that relationship style salesperson? Ultimately, always put the customer first. What's best for the customer? And I don't care, you know, if you're selling roofs, you're selling homes, selling mortgages, you know, anything, anything in life, I think ultimately, you know, take care of your customer, genuinely care about the person, you know, don't make the motivation be the almighty dollar. Sure. You know, don't, sure. You know, don't just, because if you take that approach, you know, you mentioned, you know, transactional sale where you get, you know, one roof and then you move on. But, you know, if you want to be chasing new business for the rest of your life, that's what's going to happen if you're transactional. Mm -hmm. 
you know, but, you know, build a relationship with these people and you, you nailed it right on the head as far as, uh, you know, customer for life. Um, you know, I want to be their mortgage lender for life, you know, and, and that, you know, I, I get that by a relationship and the money will come. That's the whole thing is don't worry. Don't focus on the money now, but, fo you know, focus on taking care of the customer and then the money will come. I love that. Can I ask you one more question, Rob, which is way off of real estate, but I heard you say something else that I kind of wanted to push into just a hair. Do we have a minute? We have yeah. one more minute. I think so. <laughs> I'm like, Rob, do you? I, I'm here. Okay. Do it. It's a personal one. Are you cool with that? Little oh, mm. Rob Keeney personal. Yes. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'm going back to our lad pot last podcast, trying to read his face to see if I can get personal with him yet or not. And I haven't, <laughs> I'm not quite Brian yet. I'm you know what I mean? I'm an open book. I go ahead. So one of the things that I found very interesting about your story is that in part of your transition between industries and career paths and truly finding where you feel you felt called to be right, like you felt called yeah. to help people and to move into that space. One of the major pivotal moments that I noticed in that was the D word. It was a divorce. And I'm wondering what you would say to other entrepreneurs, because I'm assuming here we sit today that you've survived that you've moved. Maybe even it freed you up to be able to move into the direction that you wanted without having to consider somebody else in that equation, because originally you went into the career field that you did because she wasn't comfortable with commission-based sales. And it sounds like once that chapter of your life was over that you chose to jump back into where your heart was being called that you respectfully for the sake of your marriage and relationship didn't do at first. And I'm wondering what you would say to entrepreneurs that may be feeling that way today, where maybe their spouse is, you know, not to be shit talking anybody, but maybe not supportive of them going out on their own or jumping into commission-based sales. Um, or maybe it's an entrepreneur out there that is going through a divorce. And, you know, sometimes I'm sure you can relate to this, Rob, that can be a little bit scary to completely change directions in life. And you did it both personally and professionally, it seems like really at the same time. And that takes a lot of strength. I wanted to highlight that about you on this podcast and just see some words from the heart that you may have, because that's a chapter of people's lives that they don't like to talk about. Nobody likes to sit around and talk about the divorce that they're going through and the career changes that they're having, maybe alongside of that. And you, you threw that out there. So I wanted to push into it a little bit and say, what would you say to people going through that are still in that season, right? Kind of in the trenches of, of going through that. What would your words of encouragement be to them? Yeah. Going through the divorce, you know, is, it can be devastating. And I, and I, you know, I think, I don't know, you know, whether you're the one filing for divorce or the one being filed on, you know, it's a, you know, I've been on both sides of that and it's, it's, it's not a good situation for either party. You know, it's never a good situation, um, you know, but, you know, stick through it, keep your head up, keep your faith, keep, you know, keep your focus, uh, keep pushing. Um, time heals all wounds, you know, and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get through that, you know, the, the divorce, you'll get through that, you'll land back on your feet. Sometimes it takes six to 12 months. Some people it takes two years, but, you know, just keep pushing. Don't let up. But, you know, in terms of the career, you know, in, in the business, you know, I think it's paramount that we all do, you know, find our passion and try to, you know, and pursue a career where we are, you know, fulfilling our passion at the same time. Because, you know, if you if you love what you do, you know, you know, the old saying, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And, uh, you know, and that's and a, lot of, a lot of us limit ourselves 
um, just based on because we got to pay our bills, you know, and we don't necessarily know if we can make it on commission sales or owning a business. Um, you know, if you're passionate about what you're doing, you know, don't just open a business because you think you're going to make money. Be passionate about what that business is, but uh, you'll be okay, you know. And uh, you know, if you have that passion and that determination, and that you know, your 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 spouse, if you're not going through the divorce, your spouse will understand it. And, you know, I think in a marriage, it has to be a mutual decision, um, you know, but, uh, you know, mutually, re- you know, respected decision. Um, but, but uh, you know, they'll understand your passion and, and, you know, your your desire and your drive. But, but uh, I think, I think in anything, it's just that, you know, no matter what gut punches you get in life, no matter what they are, you've got to keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, they say that success is, you know, comes after a string of failures. And I can say that in personal and business life, that's a hundred percent true, you know, and it's been a lot of pain and a lot of hurt and, you know, but also a lot of growth and a lot of learning, you know, so just stay, stay at it. I love that so much, Rob. So can you tell people, we know you're on Facebook. We talked about that at the beginning, but what is the best way for somebody to contact you if they're looking for somebody that builds the relationships, that stays authentic, that stays creative, that is here to help people in a non-judgmental way? I'll tell you when I bought my, I just bought my first home a couple of years ago. I, I really like to share with people that I did it too late. I did it for exact, I didn't buy a home for the exact reason that you just shared. I didn't want to open my life up to somebody else for them to just tell me no. It made me feel like I was in a vulnerable position and I probably waited a few years too long to pull the trigger on starting to move my money in real estate, starting with my primary residence. And now of course I've jumped onto investments, which I'm grateful for because it was really buying that primary residence that gave me the kahunas, if you will, to move into investments, right? I'm like, well, I survived that one so we can do this again. It'll be less personal next time, right? Um, But how can, how can people out there that maybe feel the way that I felt, it seems like you're a really safe hands to land in, right? And so I want to make sure that we leave this podcast where people have the capacity to be able to reach out to you, Rob, and maybe just jump on a consultation about their current situation and see what their options are to start to invest in their long-term net worth, starting with their primary residence or an investment property, wherever they are in their journey, you are the man with the plan. How do they reach you, sir? The best thing would be to my personal cell phone, and that's 214 five four two four zero nine five um you know call or text me anytime i'm glad to help even if i'm not going to be your lender not you know i'm not going to be helping you this particular time if you have questions just let me know glad to help it's not no it just may be not right now right exactly right yeah no it's not maybe not right now but yeah I absolutely love that, Rob. Thank you so much for joining us and and taking your time. I know you're busy. You're a dad. You're a professional. You're out there raising the vibration of the planet, helping these people out, getting into homes, moving their money in real estate. So I'm so grateful that we got to carve out half an hour. What I think we went over a little half an hour, but of your time today, I appreciate you so much. So much. Thank you, Rob. We love you, babe. And if you are out there today and you got any value or insight from this, I know I did. The thing about listening to podcasts, going to events, hiring a consultant, whatever, I want to I leave you guys with this small piece because it's always our responsibility to get something from it, right? When you are listening with the intention to get a knowledge nugget out of something, you can get at least one or two or three. And if you did today, I would love for you to share this podcast and just in the caption, right? Whether it's on Facebook or wherever you're, wherever you're sharing it, go ahead and tell people what your biggest knowledge nugget or takeaway was from this. Like what was the biggest thing that spoke from your heart that touched your heart in this? Go ahead and share this, share the podcast because 
The point of the Becoming CEO AF podcast is to be part of the ripple effect that never ends as we raise the vibration of the planet and help everybody that wants it align with their own journey of becoming CEO AF. And Rob definitely helped us do that here today. I'm so grateful and we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye.